welcome to more to come. PW Comic Will's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing. Once again, recorded at the PW offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly, Editor of PW Comics Will, and Editor of the Fanatic PW's twice a month comics and pop culture newsletter. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash Comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I'm the editor-in-chief of The Beat at ComicsBeat.com, the new site of comic book culture. And you can find us on social media at, at PW Comics World. That's on Twitter. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer. And you can find us online at Tumblr at PWComicsWorld.tumblr.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to more to come on iTunes. <laughs> That's not true. Hold on. Sorry. And don't forget, you can subscribe to More to Come on the Apple Podcast app, Google Podcast, and on Stitcher. And uh, <laughs> uh, technically uh, on social media, Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash PWComicsWorld, but we're still being held hostage. This is day 67. Calvin uh, yes, and I are I, still you know, held hostage by Facebook. Uh, so I'll just leave it at that. Uh, I still can't get on the PW Comics World Facebook page. And, um, and I still can't get on my own personal page. Maybe you can escape to the metaverse. Yes, maybe. Yes, yes, but uh, yes, be yes. that as it may, uh, you can still go to our Facebook page or to uh, to Apple Podcasts or iTunes, and you can leave us a comment or a rating, a thumbs yeah. up. If you hit the subscribe button, um, and the like button it really helps us out so so please continue to do that and uh, let us know if you like this podcast so we will continue to do it with your encouragement yeah and if once again for all of our coverage including this podcast you can find us at publishersweekly.com slash comics alright this week on more to come anime NYC in the news these days from alpha to omicron alright omicron San Diego Comic-Con, the super special edition. Gina Gagliano, out at PRH. Uh, Webtoon unscrolled, unscrolled, well, Webtoon goes for print, okay? Uh, and a zesty, uh, new venture, uh, in comics publishing. And lots of dark horse news and rumors. So, um, oh boy, this one is jam packed, you guys. I don't know how we're going to fit all the news. Just into like one the aisles hour. at Anime NYC. Anime NYC. <laughs> okay. Well, we okay. So when last we spoke with you, it was Anime NYC Eve, and I think yes. I mentioned mm-hmm. that I was going to be doing a panel there the next day. So I went off and I did my panel. It was with Jenna Morishima mm-hmm. and uh, George Rohack oh. and Manuel um, uh, Godoy. Manuel Godoy. And uh, Michael Sun from Tapas, Manuel Godoy of Black Sands, is a fantastic podcast, which you listened to as our last episode. Yes, we actually mm-hmm. used it, so you can go back and listen. They're fantastic. And the room was packed. I noted the room was packed. The questions, like there were so many questions, we couldn't even get to them. And my NYC was hopping. Yes. It, it, and you guys does. both went too, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, look, I, I was there. Uh, I was there pretty much. Well, I wasn't there Friday, but I was there Saturday and Sunday. Um, and look, it was a it was it was one of those great community, you know, uh, reconnections. Um, Artist Alley uh, was a trip. Um, it was packed. Um, Hey, it was great. I was happy to be there. It looked like it was a good show. There were issues, uh, as well, I understand it, on Friday well, in particular. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. when I got there, did you go? What days did you go, Kate? I was there on Sunday. Okay. So when I got there on Friday, um, 
it there was a line one of the longest lines i've ever seen at javits um to get in that was the vaccination line and you know i've seen this at baltimore comic-con there was also a very long line to prove that you you know show your vaccination proof and to get inside and it looked like there was a very long line now the next day there wasn't that long a line so they think they changed their procedures i think they changed they a did. lot of the procedure the safe security procedures uh from friday to saturday because the lines were just very long because this place was packed Yes, absolutely, and 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 I spoke with Peter uh, Peter Tataro about it, and they they admit. I mean, they just you know they owned it. Um, they went to work on it right away. He said they they I didn't notice that the issues continued over the over Saturday and Sunday, but apparently Friday was really a problem. Apparently yeah, there was an issue in line about, for like two to four hours to get in. Yeah, that it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. Apparently there was yeah. some issues with scalping inside. Oh, I, for, I think for events. Um, they, I, I know Peter sent out a, uh, put an animated voice. He sent out a letter later about some additional issues around, um, what, Kate, what did you well, say? I, I will say that if you know how to find scalpers, by well, which if you know what their vaguely sketchy selves look like on the street, like carefully one block away from the Javits. Oh, sure. Um, there's always scalpers for events of the Javits. Always. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I didn't read it deeply, but I heard that there was something going on in the building. Um, oh, and, so particularly and, cheeky. Yeah, ones. I think it was some yeah. um, wristband issues about getting into some of the special events. So yeah. um, oh. I, I don't have a lot of information, so I, it's not a good idea for me to. That scalper must be new here. He yeah. would have gotten away with that a block away. Well, you know, just to jump ahead to the headline, you know, we're talking about yeah, all this. But, but today as we record, which is the third, is it the second of December, uh, headlines, Anime NYC is in the headlines because, uh, just, I mean, this all just happened the last few mm. days, uh, that there's a new COVID variant called Omicron that was first identified in South Africa, but uh, folks, it's everywhere. And we don't really know that much about it. But the first, the second case was found in the United States. It was a man in Minnesota who had just gotten back from Anime NYC. So the governor, Hocho, uh, Mayor de Blasio, everybody is uh, absolutely telling uh, everyone to get tested and uh, who went to Anime NYC. um, And there's general freaking out about it uh, right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody's kind of been waiting for the other shoe to drop in New York, uh, in New York City, of course. Um, uh, I mean, look, we should all be careful and wary. Uh, there were 50,000 people, uh, over that, really. 53,000. 53,000 people, Anime NYC. Um, uh, we don't know that he got it at, at WNYC. Um, but if he got it somewhere I else will... and spread it around while he was there. Yes. Uh, now, am I going to get a test? Well, yeah, I am going to get a test um, at some point tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel fine. I've got triple boost, triple vaccinated. I wore KN95 at all times, um, and I enjoyed being at the show. Yeah, I mean, I got a test just this Tuesday because I went to San Diego Special Edition, and I, I feel like in California – uh, they do not have as in public spaces, they, you know, there's no vaccine mandates where you need to show a vaccine to get inside to eat or any of that stuff. So, you know, I felt that was actually more of a danger just as far as my own personal protocols go. You know, that said, I, and, 
now what did you guys think? Did you think, I felt that Anime NYC was in some spaces even more crowded than New York Comic Con. Oh, I, I, yeah. me too. I actually thought there was going to be more than the number, the ultimate number I thought would be a little bit higher than 53,000. That, though, that's a big increase. Yeah. Oh, or, you know, it's a significant increase over 2019. Yeah. Well, I will say that it, it may not be obvious if you weren't there in person and you're just looking at photos is that it did not need to be that crowded because there were large amounts of the exhibition room floor, which were And you're talking specifically about Artist Alley, I would imagine. Well, it wasn't just Artist Alley. See, I didn't think it was that bad in the rest of the floor. Artist Alley was Yeah, I agree, but Artist Alley was very... Artist Alley was crowded. crowded. Right, yeah. Right. Every day. Yeah. I'm not arguing with you. Yeah. I'm I'm saying there was more space at the back of Artist Alley, and Artist Alley was more crowded. But... There was plenty of space to go around that was not being used. True. So they could have just rearranged the sections a little bit, and they could have had the exact same number of vendors and the exact same number of, you know, con goers. They could have made the same amount of money and put people in less danger of COVID. I, I, I just feel like maybe while they've definitely adjusted to the online form of dealing with COVID, Con-wise, they may not have readjusted their thinking completely to the in-person way of setting up a con that might be more COVID safe. Because, I mean, I have to say, at New York Comic Con, while I felt very safe because, you know, I'm vaccinated, whatever, and everyone was wearing masks and everybody had to be vaccinated, like, that floor was laid out just the same as every other time. I did not um, feel it was that much more spacious. I had New York Comic Con. Yeah. And Anime NYC was the same, but Anime NYC felt more egregious because A, there were more people in those spaces, and B, there was space they could have used. You know, honestly, I just felt that this was a very young crowd. It was a typical Anime NYC crowd. And, you know, I just feel like the the vibe that I got was just after two years, they were just overjoyed to be back together. It was a very strong community, and that was what I got. And, you know, listen, there weren't that many people that I knew there, and so I didn't hang out that long. You know, I was like, it's a little bit crowded for my taste. Of course, I wear wear the KN94 mask, Mm. which I find far more comfortable. But, yes, it's a very medical-grade mask. Um, I sanitize all the time and I just, you know, I, it wasn't, I, I didn't need to spend all that much time, yeah. um, yeah. there. I, I, I didn't have that much issue with the rest of the floor, though I ended up spending most of my time because I was looking for some people in Artist Alley. I, I really thought Artist Alley was the, the only sort of, uh, questionable. Yes, but I, I mean, but, but, and to, and to, and to her point, uh, that could have easily, as, 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 as I agree, the rest of the floor could have, because there, there was a massive, uh, uh, open floor space, uh, along the, what, the western wall, um, that people use basically for sitting down and resting, uh, and that massive, uh, open space in the middle of the hall, that they could have easily made the, all of the aisles, it seems to me, a little bit bigger. Yeah. Um, yeah, you don't listen. All, Event companies are have had a really rough two years and are very glad to be back, and they need to make up some of their lost revenue. And you know, they let a lot of people in, right? Uh, but, and, but but the thing is, they could have let that many people in and spaced and used them better. The, used the space yeah. better, yes. Yeah. Well, did you go up to the the River Pavilion where the cosplay? No, no. Packed. Oh, oh. Packed. Um, 
Well, you've now, got a lot of cosplayers who've been wanting to cosplay. Yes. And that's one of those things that you really can't do online. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the big huddle thing mm. where you, you, that was going on. Now, what was happening in the River Pavilion, there was plenty of space, but everybody was just glommed into like one end of it. And I just stayed on the fringe. Yeah. Now, I, I do want to point out, though, that, um, uh, you know, you did uh, technically need to be vaccinated to get yeah. in. Yes. Okay. And I also want to point out that this is two weeks ago as we're speaking. And, you yes. know, they're telling everyone to get tested. You know, that's fine. You know, I, I, like, I get tested regularly anyway. I mean, I'm sure we all do. We all, I've had tested. multiple tests. Yeah. I've had, you know, I've but... had, you know, tons. I, I always go to Bellevue and it's all negative, negative, negative. Okay. And you, I've been looking like on some message boards for Anime NYC. Of course, they are freaking out. But you know what? There's one thing I don't see on here is people saying, "Oh yeah, you know, Sally got COVID." Yeah. Okay. And uh, we, I, I'm, you know, I will eat crow if I'm wrong about this. But I pray I am correct. Uh, signs so far point to Omicron. Far from being, you know, the the Optimus Prime that's going to destroy everything in our life again for two years. Uh, appears, Optimus Prime is the good guy. I know, I know. What's a mega? What's the bad? The Megatron. Megatron. Oh, Megatron. Okay, Megatron, right. Omicron. I do yes. not like Transformers. Okay. Um, far from being uh, Megatron, it so far the guy who got it had a very mild case, and every the people who have had it so far fully vaccinated, very mild case. It does not yet appear. That this is um, a deadly, more deadly, the more, deadly more you know, might be more communicable. We, yes, we don't know. More, we actually yes. don't know yeah. if it's more communicable. Yeah. So we, you know, listen. There is a, f- a freak out going on um, among everybody. But um, if you actually, I think if you actually stop, I don't mean to sound like you know Joe Rogan here, but if you look at the facts, uh, I'm you know I'm glad I got a test on Tuesday. I'm glad I'm negative. I will continue to wear a mask when I attend crowded events, probably for the rest of my life. And because um, I don't like getting sick. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I like agree. getting hepatitis C. Yeah. Do you think, do you think, I could talk radio for one minute. Do you think you've been <laughs> to New York Comic Con in the past and you weren't exposed to people who had hep C? You don't get or, hep C that way, Heidi. Oh, well, I know you don't, but I'm just saying it's like there's lots of community, I, I, there's lots of communicable Well, there's diseases. just, if we just talk about the con crud, I mean, yeah. it, you know, it, it, typically people come back from co- these big conventions with some respiratory yeah. Yeah. discomfort it's very, of one kind or another. I got it, I got con crud after New York mm-hmm. Comic Con. I got tested, it's negative, but I didn't mm-hmm. get con crud, yes. So, you know. Yeah. So, so that out of the way, uh, you know, I really hope that Anime NYC is not a super spreader event, which none of the, none of the evidence that we see today points to that. Absolutely none of the evidence suggests that it was a super spreader event. Um, uh, and, um, I hope that they do, uh, recover because you know what? It was a great show. It was a great, it was show. A great show. And, and I think, um, uh, they were, I think they were, Mildly overwhelmed by the turnout. I don't think they kind of expected it like that. Uh, um, I think they had 46,000 people in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that uh, Tatar Era said um, that going forward, obviously they're concerned about any any medical issues uh, about uh, that. But going forward, they're really their biggest uh, issues now will be to to learn to deal with the larger scale yes. of yes. the show. And I um, listen in a year's time. 
We'll either yes. all, either we'll, as I said to somebody, either we'll all be looking for Mother Abigail, or we'll be just moving on with our lives. Yeah, oh, they yeah. did release a statement, by the way. If you want to hear the statement, they just released this on Twitter. Uh, this Adam NYC team was notified today that one of its years attendees tested positive for the Omicron variant. Um, their symptoms have since resolved. We are actively working with officials from the New York City Department of Health who are coordinating with various state agencies and all participants who ordered badges online, as well as exhibitors, artists, and partners. All attendees should receive an email or call from the NYC Test and Trace Corps or their local health departments with further information and recommended next steps. You are strongly advised to get tested. We thank our partners in New York City for their tremendous assistance and guidance both today and in the lead up to anime yeah. NYC. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think in a weird way, before this whole epilogue came about, you know, where, oh, Omicron, um, what I was going to have said about it is it weirdly felt more normal than New York Comic Con did. I think because... A lot of the things about the pandemic that affected New York Comic Con, which is New York Comic Con usually has a lot of big creators as guests, has New York publishers as as people on the floor, um, and that was missing, so it felt like half a New York Comic Con. But Anime NYC is an American con devoted to primarily Japanese media, and so it generally doesn't have a whole lot of like true celebrity guests. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, it was kind of a normal anime con. Yeah, it was, because they did have some big media guests. But, but, but they didn't have any fewer than usual, is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. Because usually, New York Comic Con is jam-packed with the publishing world, specifically the comics publishing world. But, you know, some of the fringes as well, you know, science fiction, fantasy, whatever. And it wasn't this year. So you felt a lack. But at... Anime NYC, it was business as usual for an anime mm-hmm. con. Yeah, yeah it, but yeah, not necessarily for the manga side of it, though, because most the, the, uh, most of the biggest manga publishers actually weren't there either. So yeah. Viz Media wasn't there, Kodansha, Seven Seas, Dark Horse Manga, they weren't there. Now, much like at New York Comic Con, these missing publishers were also doing programming there, for sure. Um, yeah. But, you know, Yen Press, much like at New York Comic Con, Yen Press was there. I talked with uh, Ed Chavez at Dimple Books. Um, they were there and much like, you know, what Aftershock and some of these others, the, he said they did a bang up business because, you know, but they at, were there. But at um, Anime NYC, there wasn't really a dent in the programming because as you say, they were there on the panels, right? Oh yeah, yeah, but same at, No, that's not the case at New York Comic Con. At New York Comic Con, there were far, far fewer creators than usual. Well, I, I, I once again, I, uh, they both shows, the publishers, were supporting programming in whatever way they chose to do so. I am not uh, saying they, they did either. it at New York Comic Con and they did it uh, also at uh, Anime NYC. I hear you. Well, but the only thing I'm talking about is the publishers who were there and who weren't there. Uh, I, I'm not arguing your point at all. But I, I just want to tell people about the publishers who weren't there and the others who were there. Okay, so I, I'm, I trying, to, I'm were... trying to disagree with you a little bit and support you a lot. <laughs> okay. I'm just confused. Yeah, Go that's on. okay. Uh, I, I often am myself. So, uh, 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 but the publishers there, uh, uh Jay Noble, of course, there, and others. So, uh, there, there was a mix. Yeah. I, and, you know, I, I didn't really, I didn't really hang out that much. There was a lot, um, you know, uh, I didn't see Ed. I've been, I haven't talked to Ed in years. I was looking for him. Yeah, I, he I was, he was there. I saw Mark from Yen Press very briefly, and, 
Um, mm. You know, I saw a few people, and, but I listen. It's a great show. Um, I think the problem going forward, as you all say, is just too too many people. It's it's it's. I mean, it really showed. Uh, you know, we have a story a little bit further down in our story list, but um, we might as well tie it in now that there was a manga boom on Black Friday. Yeah, and yeah, you know, apparently. anime. I mean, I just finally finished watching Squid Game, but it's like. Uh, but Squid Game's not. I know it's not, Kate, but I was just going to say, <laughs> I, I understand that, but I'm just trying to say that streaming content from Korea and from Japan is absolutely huge now. And of course, anime, I was going to say they're, uh, the anime that has followed up, and I can't remember the name of it because I, and now I have to start watching it. But, um, you know, and I think the, the avid crowd at, uh, at Anime NYC was just proof of this and it's not going anywhere. It's just going to grow. It's just going to get bigger and bigger. There you go. Yeah, we fully recovered from the supposed anime and manga bust following Borders. No, well, I ago. mean, that was, yeah, that was quite a while ago, ago. So, yes. No, no, what I mean is it was a while ago, but there was definitely a period of five or six years where people looking back at the golden days of the manga boom. But the manga boom is fully back. Oh, yeah, and, and has been for more. a few years, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So, speaking of, of conventions. Uh, well, yes. Yeah, so, uh, so right after, uh, my adventures at Anime NYC, I jumped on a plane for Thanksgiving to go to San Diego Comic Con Special Edition. The first, um, say, you know, over the Thanksgiving weekend, which everybody questioned, uh, but I felt the call. I really just felt the call. Uh, they are planning to do an in-person San Diego Comic Con next year. 2022, which means that it would have been three years since yeah. I've been to San Diego. Three years without a in-person Comic-Con. That is mind-boggling. And I guess I just felt the call. And I was also like, you know what? Thanksgiving in San Diego, there could be yeah. worse things. The weather is yeah. absolutely perfect. Sure. Anyway, uh, this there was a lot of jokes about this show. San Diego Lights, the mini San Diego Mini Comic Con. Um, you know, I don't have an attendance number on it. I should email David Glanzer about it. Um, I mean, it yeah, did it not. Would be nice to know. No, yeah. Well, they did not power trumpet they it. Probably and, don't want to talk about. Well, it. I mean, there were plenty of people there. Don't yeah. get me wrong, yeah, but yeah, the that's, convention that's only. Um, um, the convention only took up the halls from A to E. F, G, and H were only a holding cell. I took some photos and tweeted them. I mean, it was just like this gigantic, um, empty spaces there. So they had a lot of room left over. But, you know, it was kind of like they took all the space, unlike Anime NYC. It was exactly what Kate was saying. They took all the space for San Diego Comic Con and just spread everything out over the space, even though there wasn't the space to justify it. And there was a lot of programming that was fan based. Um, I was there with Deb Aoki. She did her manga panel. And, um, honestly, this was the most laid back. It was like, it was the like old a days. trip. It was even like back to the nineties, man. It was like a trip back in time where there was, you know, you could just kind of relax. And I mean, I had long two hour dinners with people. You were even in uh, hall H. If, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, like I said, school. hall H was an arrival <laughs> hall. It was like for, for uh badge pickup. Um, so, but you know, concerning, I went to the con talk back and they just kept talking about how they needed to make money. So controversially, you could only buy a three day ticket. And a lot of the vendors complained to me that, 
um, they sh- they wished that they had been able to people could get a one day ticket because they didn't have any fresh blood in there. Like, which is the same people came and bought everything on Friday, and then they they never came back. Yeah. So, um, and then d- a lot of people brought this up at the talk back, and David Glanzer, who's the director of communications, just said, um, "Well, we needed the money." <laughs> That's what he said. I mean, I'm not paraphrasing. Yeah. I'm not, um, you know, putting words in his mouth. He just said, well, we needed to have the revenue, so we only decided to do the three-day tickets. So that's not that great a, um, you know, outlook on San Diego Comic-Con, I guess you could say. So, um, Well, I guess they're up against it a little bit. So, yeah. well, I mean, but that it, uh, yeah. Well. Yeah. But before we get to the end, there's something you were telling us about before we started recording. Yes. About um, San Diego, and that is that maybe, aside from the wider aisles, the COVID protocols were a little different than they were here. So, in yeah, York? in San – well, okay, the COVID protocols were the same to get into the con in that uh, you had to – but it was a little bit different in that you had to either be vaccinated and show your card or show proof of a negative COVID test. Like New York – is the only place that I've been where you absolutely had to be vaccinated to get in. When I went to Baltimore Comic-Con and now San Diego Comic-Con, both of them, if you had proof of a negative test, they would let you in. In fact, at Baltimore, they would test you right there and do a rapid test. Interesting. And so, um, so yeah, and the line actually was not, it was long, but it wasn't that bad. It was only like 10 minutes to stand in line uh, at San Diego to get in. Um, and then once inside, you know, you're required to wear a mask. I mean, yeah. you know, I'd say it's about the same. However, elsewhere in San Diego and in California, you do not need to be vaccinated to, like, to go inside restaurants, to go inside anywhere, really. Um, so, you know, I mean, at the hotel, they don't, you don't have to show vaccination at any hotel, but, um, you know, you don't, they said you didn't even have to wear a mask if you were vaccinated. So, you know, who everybody's running around without a mask yeah. on at the hotel. I mean, that's why I got a COVID test. I wasn't worried about, <laughs> yeah. you know, Omicron at Anime X- NYC. I was worried more about being at the airport and, you know, all the other things that happened. So, um, yeah, you know, I would say that this was a very strange, you know, Rob Salkowitz, friend of the podcast, had a really great column. Uh, he beat me to it. I mean, Rob and I had dinner together like twice and we're hanging out in the bar every night. So I will say we probably influenced each other quite a bit. So hey, you could almost call that a little bit of a collaboration. <laughs> what, what hotel were you at? We, ta- we were at the Marriott Marquis. Of course. We were in the hot yeah, tub every yeah, day. Well, yeah. I wasn't every day, but I was in the hot tub. So, um, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Memories of that but, hotel, but I, I will say the overwhelming online and in-person reaction that I heard from fans was, Thank you for doing this. It was great. To, a lot of people went who had never been able to go. You know, I wish that they had had better dates and it hadn't been Thanksgiving. I think if they had done it not on Thanksgiving, it would have sold out. Yeah. Um, but because they did it on Thanksgiving, it was a very, very Comic-Con Christmas. <laughs> there you go. Well, I didn't have much choice, apparently. Yeah. So a very special Comic-Con. Okay. All right. Well, um, let's, uh, the next item on our list, um, uh, someone that we all know, Gina Gagliano, um, uh, named to as a publishing director of a new infant at Random House, uh, Random House, called Random House Graphic is actually a uh, Penguin Random House Children's Publishing, um, launched less than two years ago, um, publishing a lot of graphic novels. It's, it's, 
It's exclusively uh, children's and YA. Uh, she left. It was a bit of a surprise. So it was a shock. Uh, it's a big surprise. Um, uh, a lot of support for Gina. Obviously, uh, she's like a major figure in this category. Has been for years. Well, I mean, Gina's one of the top ten most influential Absolutely. people over the last decade. Certainly. I mean, I don't think... You know, if there was any argument over that, it might be the top 20, but for sure, Gina sure. is absolutely one of the most Without influential people in comics. And, you know, this news dropped on the Friday of Anime NYC, and I will say the people I did run into, it was topic number one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, people were shocked. I mean, yes. Gina leaving uh was, yeah. And uh, Calvin, I think you talked to her a little bit. Well, or? you know, I exchanged some emails with her, um, you know, um you know, she she really wanted us to go by the official statement that that was released. Mm, yeah. Um, and I don't I, I don't think any of us think that it won't be long before but she I, turn up somewhere else. I, I just I think you know I essentially mean emails. Let me put it this way: I, I the reason I bring that up is she certainly seemed to be in good spirits about this. Yeah, I mean I think it's something that she's been thinking about, and you know for whatever reason, and uh, look, we don't know all of the ins and outs of it. Um, uh, certainly, uh, uh, she worked, uh, she was one of the original employees of First Second. Yes. Uh, which launched in 2006. Um, uh, and helped them build them into the powerhouse, you know, uh, graphic novel imprint that it has become. Uh, you, you couldn't have thought of a more perfect person to head up a new imprint. Certainly at a, at a powerhouse publisher like Penguin Random House. So, I mean, obviously there's a lot of speculation about, well, what happened. But, you know, you know, sometimes people just have to move on. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, they put together a pretty significant publishing program there. I don't know how many books they publish a year, but it's a lot. Well, they put out their most uh, well-known book was The Magic Fish by uh, yes. Chong Lee Nguyen. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they just put out, uh, and I'm going to mangle the name of it. I should look it up. Uh, Let's Talk About It. Which is a kid's book about, you know, the oh, fact of that, life. Is that the Erica Moen? Yes, book? Erica yes. Moen, yes, yes, yes. And, mm-hmm. uh, which has been getting some pushback and all these book bannings that we're having. Well, that's to be expected. Yes, and, because it's about um, sex. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, Calvin and I both wrote about it. I mean, I will say I'm a, you know, I think we're both good friends of Gina. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, Kate, I don't know how much you've interacted with her. Um, but one thing I wonder is, what does this mean for Random House Graphic? That's a very good question. Well, in her email, which she sent out to agents and her creators, she said that it will continue under editor uh, Whitney Leppard and um, uh, Patrick Crotty, the designer, mm-hmm. and they would continue on. And so the, this- uh, I should say, the VP and deputy uh, publisher of Random House Children's Books, Judith Hoth. Yeah, uh, yes. Who apparently was the 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 first had the idea for Random House mm-hmm. Graphic. Yeah. So and she should be her a co-founder. So along you know, the, I talked to yeah. a very highly placed uh, publishing industry executive uh, over the last couple of weeks, and this topic came up, and this very highly placed person uh, said there might be, um, you know, whatever happened here. Why ever, I'm, you know, I mean, I'm sure Gina will be a huge success. Whatever she goes on to do, she's, she's, you know, incredibly revered within the industry. Um, but you know, maybe it wasn't a good fit for her. Yeah. Maybe it's, it just sounds like things, things yeah. went a little bit awry. And so anyway, talking to this, this person, I was like, you know, do you think this is a setback for kids' graphic novels? 
And they said, no, no, no way. They're, they are here to stay. Nothing can stop the momentum of kids' graphic well, novels. But not kids' graphic novels as a whole, but that imprint itself. Well, right. And, you know, that's, that, that's a good question. But, you know, Random House published a lot of kids' graphic graphic before novels before that. Yeah, yeah, before that. Yeah. So, I mean, in, in, in her official statement, she says she wants to work more directly with readers. Right. I mean, that's, you know, in some ways you could say as a marketing person, that's what she made her, her well, Gina was huge. impact film. Yeah, Gina was huge in, in forging the whole graphic novel library connection. Yeah, yeah I mean, absolutely. She was one of the, the absolute leading lights of that. And that's why I say if you ask anybody, she's, you know, top 20 most influential, most important people over the whole rise of this category. Absolutely. And she was designing programming at conventions mm-hmm. all over around the country. Yeah. I mean, so, you know... uh uh, we just have to return to the maybe it was a bad fit yeah yeah I mean um, you know whatever happened that you know and but you know I, I, I think COVID we can't even say COVID too because everybody's lives have changed because of this so yeah you yeah, know that, I mean, that's made a lot of people think well what you know you know right what is this I what I want to be doing, or do I want to do it in this particular way? Exactly. Well, anyway, so. we say good luck, Gina Gagliano. Absolutely. We will see you on the trail as we yeah, come absolutely. back together, and you'll continue to do great things. And as soon as you show up somewhere, we'll write and chatter all about yeah. that as well. Yeah. You're, yeah. Hail all Gina. Right. All right. Okay. Um, speaking of uh, imprints. Oh, well, we got two. Only <laughs> two. Only two, two this week. Only, so only two. two. Yeah, there's only two. Well, one of them was the big shoe that we've been waiting to drop with yeah. Webtoon announced that they were going to start doing print comics, print graphic there novels. There you go. I mean, they have done some, but not mm-hmm. as their own imprint, not as their own book line. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where they're headed now. So um, now – um, I get confused. Where did Laura Olympus come from? Well, that was on Webtoon. That was, but that, that was published by Penguin Random House, yes, right? Yes. Right. But I think the idea is that Webtoon realized that they have a pretty solid brand and readership. And, you know, if you know this Webtoon, you probably know that Webtoon. Absolutely. So instead of tossing their writers to the, the four winds to whatever publisher might pick the more fortunate of them up, I think they thought, well, let's just publish them ourselves. Yeah. Well, which this, makes perfect sense. But this is also part of the arms race between Webtoon and Tapas. And Tapas, yeah. Of course, I think that's yeah. a big part. And I mean, yeah, I think, you know, and, and <clears throat> Webtoon hired Bobby Chase, formerly of DC Comics, who, uh, was instrumental in founding their, their kids and YA line, mm-hmm. whereas Tapas has Michelle Wells, who was also at DC Comics. Yes. So it's like, you know, this arms race is like tit for tat, man. Um, and uh, we all, when we interviewed Jamie Rich and Michelle Wells mm-hmm. about a month ago, two months ago, mm-hmm. we asked them, when are you going to do print? And they were like, oh, well, watch this space. So, yeah. hey, Webtoon beat you, man. They are first out of the gate. It's it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course, Tapas is coming. But, I mean, I don't know if this is a setback that, that they, you know, Webtoon beat them to the punch. Uh, books that they're going to publish, Tower of God, which had, uh, by CU, which has 2.9 million subscribers. Uh, True Beauty by Yeong Gyai, 6.5 million subscribers. Mm-hmm. And Doombreaker uh, by Blue Deep, 441,000 subscribers. So, you know, these are very well-known properties. These, both of these platforms, they have such, uh, you know, fan recognition for the properties. I mean, the numbers are just sort of eye-popping for all of them. Well, and um, it's, I mean, it's X number of readers, but... 
listeners, this is like in in tiny itty bitty little installments. So that readership includes anybody who's read like one installment of it ever, um, and hit the subscribe button and never hit unsubscribe. But even so, like it's it, most books in bookstores, most comics wish they had this kind of sampling option and discoverability and cross pollination of audiences. Um, it's just, I mean, we've been waiting for basically the killer app for, you know, long form comics on the internet. And this is it. This is it. This is the next evolution. And there, I'm sure there will, sure there will be more beyond this. Mm. But, um, you know, when people are saying, oh, web comics don't make any money. Well, now they do. Yeah. Um, and uh, there will be definitely more to come on. Well, what makes it interesting, of course, is that Wattpad is a part of this. And Wattpad is a um, also a, a long-running online reading and writing community that just just aggregated millions into into its um in uh, into the to its site and it became a great community for developing writers and now to team that up with webtoon is is kind of its own kind of a killer app there because th- i mean these numbers you, you you just don't see them anywhere right, right. <laughs> and it is it really truly is language agnostic although yes. of course it's it's heavily english but still yes. Like, you know, you're searching for something and suddenly you find something in Thai or Malaysian mm-hmm. and you're like, well, I mean, that's great, guys. Can't read it. Moving on. And so, like, this is English language internet user privilege, uh, but, you know, I I don't normally come across that. Yeah. Normally, people are kind of language segregated, but Wattpad has everything. Yes. Mm. And also driving the wide diversification of genres in in, in North American comics. So th- yeah. this is all key. Um, we love our superheroes, but uh, there's so much more. Uh, there's a younger audience now that just wants much, much more. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, and waiting for that shoe to drop, waiting yeah. for Tapas to uh, put their own, because uh, they do not hire all those uh, print editors that they hired without planning. And I to think Webtoon um, Unscrolled is, right now they're, they're predicting a... Or, Projecting 12 titles a year. Yeah. With McMillan doing the distribution. Well, that was not the only new imprint more, announced yes, in the last more. two weeks. There is yet more. Uh, so something called Zest World. Yeah. Launched. Which is calling itself a platform. It's a platform, yes. And I, this would be called like sub-substack, I guess. Yes. Because it's sort of a, a subscription-based platform that is set to be introduced in early 22. The Laucon, this is from a story in the New York Times written by our friend George uh, Jean Costinas. Allow comic book writers and artists to present new work and reap the benefits and help monetize their creations if they are made into collectibles. Um, led by a guy named Chris Giliberti, uh, has investors including Alex Ohanian, who uh, was one of the founders of Reddit, and um, uh, who's on it? Eric Canetti, Amanda Palmer, Phil Jimenez, Jimmy Palmiotti, Alex Segura, friend of the podcast, and Pete Tomasi. Uh, let's see. The Awakened is a superhero mystery, murder mystery by Segura, who's writing with Michael Morrissey with art by Dean Kotz. Uh, Palmiotti and Connor, best known for Harley Quinn, are doing something called Booty Pow Pow. 
uh, an immortal woman from ancient times who wakes up in the present day. So I am really, you know, booty pow pow, man. Booty pow pow. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. And I do wonder, though, is it going to be a Substack model or is it going to be a Netflix model? Because subscription-based could mean ah, a couple different things. Could be. You're right. It could be Comixology Unlimited. You know, it doesn't really say. <laughs> We uh, shall see. Yeah, I we need to get to on this. We got. Did you get any information about this at all, Kevin? Um, I I did not. I kind of uh, you know I kind of someone kind of pulled my coat to it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have uh, emailed out Segura, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. saying, "Hey, um, who do I need to talk to over there?" So um, I, I I do want to try to find out some more about it, but no, I have not talked with anyone from there, and you know we're going to try to do that. Well, though. we'll see. You know, uh, it's got yeah. some. Um, I just saw it. I, I, I saw and... some stuff moving around. I saw the Time Story, mm-hmm. and uh, look, so it's got some pretty interesting investors, or one in particular. Yeah. So yeah, more to come on that for more sure. More to come. Um. So let me see what else. And apparently, did we already miss this? The advances and all of that. That, 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 that is. Oh the, no, no, I that, didn't. It, so it is Substack like in that there people are getting pretty big advances. Oh. Uh, to do essentially whatever they want. Take the money and run. So it, it the, and uh, keep the rights and keep yes. the rights. Yeah. So this is a dream come true. Yeah. I mean, we don't really know too. I mean, I'm not too crazy about the name Zest World. It just this sounds a little Lame. bit like a, you know, you know, booty pow pow on Zest World is a little bit <laughs> yes. uh, Miami spring break for my taste, but uh, or not even like you know shuffleboard aboard the Princess Cruise Line. But um, okay, it makes me think of soap. <laughs> Yeah, I know that's true. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, we've seen these ventures that um, write big checks uh, and have big uh, projections. You know what? I am we'll see thrilled what to see VC money coming into yeah, comics, especially with no strings attached, as this seems to be. And, you mm. know, knowing the people involved, not having talked to them about it, but I know they wouldn't go where that was somewhere that was, um, you know, ripping them off. None of the people involved. Are very, they're all very savvy. None yes. of them will be ripped off. So yes. you know what? Let the VC descend yeah. because there's money in them that are comics. And I'm going to segue to another story. Before you do, yes. one aspect of Zest World that may be not so much the fine print because I think everyone's fine with it, but may in fact be how they're planning to monetize it more effectively is they specifically say things about – we're going to help them license it. Yes. We're going to help them get it We're going to help them. So my guess is that you own your rights, but if you would like us to help you get a deal and give us a cut, we would be thrilled to help. Yeah. And who doesn't want a little bit of help, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, absolutely. So just in um, uh, a newsletter that went out from Bloomberg yesterday – um, speaking of which, uh, it's a little uh, um, item called Content Craze. It says, if your Hollywood business isn't for sale, you're missing out. It goes on to name a whole bunch of companies that are uh, uh, sort of on the market now because uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks is up for sale, for instance, because everybody wants to get more and more content. Um, Moonbug, YouTube kids content maker Moonbug sold to Blackstone for $3 billion. So not bad. 
Um, and then it says, I'll just read it, add comic book publisher Dark Horse Comics to the list. The company is working with an advisor to weigh options that could include a sale, according to people familiar with the matter. A representative for Dark Horse couldn't be reached for comment. Hmm. Um, well, yeah, what do they call it, those experts? It's all the rage. It's like the three letters, the the LBOs or the BCPs or the XKYs, you know, something. Anyway, this shows cool. I'm not into tech world because <laughs> people who go out there and look for deals are the hottest thing going right now. Yeah. I was like, VCs or? Uh, no, it's no. another three. It's three letters. No, another three letter, yeah. yeah. BCP? No. Um, I guess I should know this, but I yeah. don't. Well, it's obviously interesting to hear this about uh, Dark Horse. Um, you know, they've obviously had some significant investment from China in the past. Um, though Mike Richardson, you know, has always maintained it. He, he, well, if I'm not mistaken, Richardson said it sold a sub, a quote, to quote him, a substantial stake in Dark Horse. Mm -hmm. Though he maintains, I, I assume a majority ownership. I, I'm, I'm speculating. Sure I'm guessing. I don't know. It's none of our beeswax, except yeah. that is um, uh, that's what we do for a living. So we, we will see. Uh, uh, what's the the Chinese company, uh, Vanguard Visionary Associates, back in 2018, hmm. um, made a, uh, took a substantial stake in them. So we'll see what it means, a major stake. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, my guess is that the reason that we're not hearing more about that is that this is Publishers Weekly's Ballylick. There are not a lot of other people writing about comics who are paying attention to who invested what and whom. Um, so you, you and Heidi may just be uh, huge experts in the field in this because uh -huh. nobody else uh, cares to weigh in. <laughs> oh, you know what it is? SPAC, S-P-A-C. Oh, so that's four yeah. letters. Yeah, yeah, it is four letters. I was wrong. Okay, yeah. Um, I've, actually, I've never even heard of that. you never heard of the SPAC? <laughs> no. Oh, so there my you God. Go. Uh, yeah, SPAC is a special purpose acquisition company, oh. and they're all the rage. It's a publicly traded company created for the purpose of acquiring or merging with an existing company. How's that different from a holding company or, or a hit? It's a new name for the same thing. <laughs> okay. New name. I think it's a special flavor of holding company yeah. for eating other people's IP. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So well, there you go. Um, yeah. Uh, so the rumor, not not confirmed, but yeah. you know what? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was true. Yeah. And I've heard, as a matter of fact, I heard a couple of other comic book companies are up for sale. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, in fact, if you were to look at Diamond's top accounts, not Image Comics, but um. The others, I would say every single one, I've heard rumors that they're on the block. So I haven't heard images well, for sale. I mean, you know, I guess everyone's trolling for content. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, you know, comics companies seem to light up the board for, for that, for sure. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. You know, here's a t headline just to show you what's going on on TechCrunch that just came up. Grabs SPAC splat caps off a bad week for blank check combinations. So there you go. What? That's Is that's that more jargon ridden than old variety. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what does that even mean? That's like Hicks Nicks sticks yeah. in the Grab Spack Slat. Yeah. <laughs> uh well it's funny because, you know, um PW was still, you know, owned by some company that owned variety at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I remember them going and taking all of the jargon out <laughs> of variety because oh, a for a new audience that didn't know what no. you know that for a new audience that webs meant something else completely entire completely mm. different so um 
but we've so we've got the the new variety speak. Yeah. Yeah, the new. There's always new jargon. Just go talk to someone about NFTs if you want. Yeah, there you go. That's um, for sure. You know, one other dark horse item uh, that they are yes. getting back Star Wars. So, so the other, but actually, this is tied to another rumor uh, that I pretty much had confirmed at San Diego Comic Con Special Edition that IDW is losing a lot of its licenses, including uh, Star Wars. They're, uh they were doing the Star Wars kids books. Now they're back at Dark Horse. Uh, and sounds like they're losing their Hasbro license as well. Hmm. So that could be a very big deal for IDW. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I've seen some fairly confirmed articles that their contract with G.I. Joe will be ending and it could be renewed or not. Um, so definitely some contracts are reaching a decision point. And now what that decision is, has not been confirmed. Yeah. They've still well, got a few other things, though, right? But, you know. Yeah, listen, there's a lot in play. And, you know, we don't even have the story down here because I don't think it was um, – it kind of was buried under all the other stuff going. But uh, Oni has gone with uh, with Lunar Distribution. I mean, they're not exclusive, but they've also signed oh. up with Lunar mm-hmm. as well as Diamond. You know, Steve Jeppy did a whole chat today on um uh, you know one of those live streams that he does every once in a while he was talking he's saying how more co- stores open i've been trying to get confirmation of this actually i co- i i contacted diamond afterwards and uh he said that 45% of their accounts their marvel accounts or they still had 45% of the business that they had before penguin random house anyway there's just you know news okay. is busted out all over interesting yeah cool. yeah more uh, to try to get more detail on that maybe we could talk about it next time so all right Okay. Um, let's see. Um, oh, well, you, can I just mention very quickly that um, uh, Heidi has done a terrific author profile of Archicule Johnson, who has a new graphic novel out his uh, after 16 years uh, after his incredible debut graphic novel, Night Fisher. Uh, no one else. Uh, it's a marvelous story. Go check it out. Publisherswiki.com slash comics. Okay, so Heidi, you yes. were going to say something. Just mentioning here that uh, Dave Pilkey, uh, Conquest, continues. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so tell us. Put it in. Well, uh, Calvin, that was uh, your Very item. quickly, um, <laughs> uh, he's got uh, – Andrew Albany is actually our, our our library guy. Uh, did a big piece uh, at Publishers Weekly about him. He's got well, – he's got uh, a new Cat Kid book coming out, his new series that, of course, is selling pretty much like his old series – um, uh, you know, with major, I, I mean, I don't, I can't remember exactly what the, uh, first printing is going to be, but that's coming out in 2022. Um, but Cat Kid is really just about as huge as Dogman. Yeah. Uh, and apparently there's a Dogman animated film. Finally. In the Finally. Works. It only took this long to do it anyway. Yeah. So, um, you know, biggest no brainer of all times. Pilkey sells comics like nobody's business. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, go to publishersweekly.com slash comics and you'll, uh, you'll get a chance well, to see well, it. Well, I'm just surprised it's not a Netflix series already. Yeah. 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 So, uh, um, so yeah, Kate, we yeah. got some briefs. And now, the briefs. So we didn't think we'd make it here, dear listeners, because we had an <laughs> awful lot of news really this week. Uh, it was crowded with incident, you might say. But there's more news here, albeit in brief form. So if you've been keeping up with us, you may have known that the manga industry over the last two years 
has been leaning pretty hard on the piracy crackdowns. Um, and they have taken it to a whole new <laughs> level. They've gone international on tour. They brought in the United States court system to help them. So back in 2019, the Japanese comic industry got together and helped take down the banger piracy site Mangamora, which at that time was the biggest copyright violator of, of manga. And now um, a new site called Manga Bank um, has risen to almost similar heights. So uh, Mangamora supposedly cost about $2.93 billion in copyright violation damages, hmm. um, according to an article on Kotaku. And whereas in comparison, um, <laughs> this Manga Bank has uh, cost them $1.8 billion, a mere $1.8 billion in copyright violations. But I guess they want to take it down before it hits Mangamora levels. <sighs> and so in order to make this happen, they have to figure out where this person is. And they've had some trouble doing that. So they've convinced a court in the U.S. to order Google to <laughs> disclose the data on Mangabank including um, the IP address, name, address, phone number of the supposed kingpin of this. Uh, but the thing is, I, I do wish them well, but if you're running a manga piracy operation, I, I should think you'd have pretty good IP coverage. <laughs> um, we'll see, I suppose. So, uh, more to come. Who knows? Maybe, maybe this will be like an international team up movie where, you know, Disney and DC will get in on the action and they'll all band together to take down Manga Bank. I, I don't know. We'll find out, I suppose. We'll see. I mean, um, th there's always more to come when it comes to manga pir mm -hmm. piracy. Yeah. Uh, efforts to fight it. So, well, yeah. yeah. They've been stepping it up a lot over the last what, two or three years and they, keep pushing forward well it, it's an interesting point now because the, i mean the japanese publishers now they're all in on digital uh in all kinds of ways but manga pirate so so people are buying legally yeah. but but piracy's not going away and yeah. and um well, well part of i mean this is my professional opinion but it's my opinion is I think part of how manga piracy got so big is it took the manga industry a surprisingly long time to get in on digital. Uh, you know, anime was digital, but manga was scattered. Mm. And so, you know, you had a lot of people who wanted digital manga, so they downloaded it. And... You know, now they're playing catch up. You know, so so don't let the pirates be the first adopters. That's what I'm saying, because they'll get there if you don't fill the market. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um. And Fushigi Yugi, yes, it's a blast from the past. <laughs> classic, classic 
shoujo manga dash historical dash cross-dressing adventure uh, Fushigi Yugi is coming back for a new one installment manga um, it will be coming out in 2022 and um, you know it'll be a revisiting of a classic um, I'm, I'm sure that there are a lot of old school fans who are are getting their money ready as we speak. And speaking of old school, perhaps everyone at this table's oldest fandom, <laughs> Sesame Street, <laughs> is going to star Jim Lee. Yes, DC Comics and formerly of Images, Jim Lee is going to be one of the very special guests on a very special episode of Sesame Street. Well, it was already on. It was on Thanksgiving. It was on Thanksgiving Day, yeah. yeah. So, well, is one of the very special guests on a very special... <laughs> is one of the very special guests on a very special episode of Sesame Street that came out on Thanksgiving. Thank you, Heidi, for the information update. And so this episode, which is currently on HBO and um, HBO Max. Uh, and about six months, we'll come to a PBS station near <laughs> you. Ah, yes, the digital delay. Um, is introducing a new Asian-American Muppet child and stars various Asian-American celebrities, including Jim Lee. So, you know... Congrats to Jim Lee for for finally making it to the big time next to Big Bird. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just that's very his, very cool. He it, wrote a really great post yeah, on Instagram yeah. just about how honored and excited yeah, he was, seen, and you yeah. know, it's pretty that's pretty amazing for Jim. I'm very yeah. happy he got to do that, and it's for such a wonderful, wonderful, yeah, um, you know, special episode. That's really amazing. And the beat has uh, a bunch of really delightful <laughs> photos. From it, yeah. um, with some, I guess, some of the guest stars that were on there. You know, quick, and, yeah, uh, quick, quick, quick extra mm -hmm. update, though. Uh, just a kind of, you brought it up to mind that a special edition of Comic Con, one of the biggest booths was the Manta booth. There another, yet another online manga all you can eat streaming platform. Oh, uh. And, uh, they had the nice tree there. There was not very many publishers, but, um, you know, yeah, uh, very crowded every time I walked by it, so. Manta. Um, Manta. I'm yeah, not familiar. Welcome to Manta. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Manta. Well, we'll see whether the uh, evolutionary forces of digital allow it to survive. If they can survive Omicron, they can survive anything. <laughs> Omicron. Right. Here we go. All right. Well. Hopefully. They're... They can survive Omicron, but can they survive Webtoon? Ooh. All right. Well, <laughs> there will definitely be more to come.